Hello and welcome to the Faith Lutheran Church podcast. This is Faith Lutheran Church in Oregon, Wisconsin. Today is Quinquagesima Sunday. That means it's approximately 50 days until Easter, and it's the last Sunday before Lent begins. Lent is a 40-day journey with Christ, and we are packing for that journey. Uh, Two weeks ago, we packed with God's grace. Last week, we packed with God's word. And today we will pack with God's uh, mercy, our faith, rather, in God's mercy. The text for our sermon this morning is from Isaiah chapter 35, verses 3 to 7. We read in Jesus' name. Strengthen the weak hands and make the shaky knees steady. Tell those who have a fearful heart, be strong, do not be afraid. Look, your God will come with vengeance, with God's own retribution. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind will be opened, and the ears of the deaf will be unplugged. The crippled will leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute will sing for joy. Waters will flow in the wilderness, and streams in the wasteland. The burning sand will become a pool, and in the thirsty ground there will be springs of water. There will be grass, reeds, and rushes, where the haunts of jackals once lay. This is the word of the Lord. We pray. Heavenly Father, sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. On this last Sunday before Lent, we are talking about faith. When do people usually talk about faith? This is probably when you'll hear faith be brought up. When something goes wrong. When there's an illness or a death or a prolonged period of suffering, then you hear this, be strong, don't be afraid, have faith. But have faith in what? Have faith that your problems are going to go away? Have faith that maybe next time your friends are going to tell you something more comforting as opposed to telling you what to do? Have faith in faith? And how do you know if your faith is strong enough? If your faith were stronger, would you really be in the situation you are now? Jesus said if, uh, that faith like a mustard seed could move a mountain. And you're not trying to move a mountain. You're just trying to have your problems get better. If you had stronger faith, would God help you? Our text from Isaiah says something similar, but really very, very different. Isaiah says, Strengthen the weak hands and make the shaky knees steady. Tell those who have a fearful heart, be strong. Do not be afraid. Look, your God will come with vengeance. Be strong, don't fear, have faith in God's vengeance. In God's vengeance? Is that right? Have faith in God's vengeance? Revenge doesn't sound like a very Christian thing. In fact, we are instructed to not take revenge because vengeance belongs to God. He will repay. And Isaiah is talking about this vengeance actually happening. God coming and there is vengeance, there is retribution, there is payback. What comfort does this give? Well, what does God's vengeance look like? Sometimes, in our fears and our doubts, 
we might think it looks like pain and suffering. God's striking us down for our sins. God must be angry at us or else he wouldn't have had this happen to me. If I hadn't been such a fool or if I had just done better or been better, if I just had stronger faith, God wouldn't be angry with me. But that's not what Isaiah says. Look, your God will come with vengeance. With God's own retribution, he will come and save you. He will come and save you. What does God's vengeance look like? It looks like Jesus coming to save you. God's vengeance is this. He becomes man. And he himself opens the eyes of the blind and he heals the deaf. He makes the lame to leap like a deer and he makes the mute sing for joy. His vengeance is not against you, but his vengeance against sin, Satan, and death to rescue you. The retribution is not pain or suffering for you, but rather the pain and the suffering that Jesus himself takes upon the cross. Jesus takes all that pain to deliver you from it. God is not some petty tyrant. He's not some nagging relative who is going to sit around and and say, I told you so, after you do something stupid. He's not the unsympathetic friend who tells you, see, I knew you just needed more faith if things start to get better. The Lord saves. That's what he does. He saves you. And his vengeance, his might, his power, these things are for your good, to rescue you from sin, death, and the power of the devil. God saves you not because of the strength of your faith, but in spite of it. God saves us because we have a weak faith. Jesus died and rose so that you would be rescued from sin and death and raised to life everlasting. Faith, the true Christian faith, clings to that. It clings to what your Savior taught and trusts it whether felt or not. Faith trusts the promises of God. Your faith is in what Jesus' perfect life and innocent death mean for you. It was a phrase that Christians have unfortunately slipped into using, but it's not helpful and it's even dangerous. It's this. All you need is faith. All you need is faith. Because that phrase makes faith its own object. And you know what else it does? It removes Jesus. It places on you the burden of believing. If all you need is faith, then that means you don't need Jesus. It would mean that your faith without Jesus is enough. That your faith and not Jesus' sacrifice is the reason God shows his grace and mercy to you. If you've been attending a Bible study on Sunday morning or watching the videos at home, you'll recognize that as a combination of mysticism and pietism. A little less than a thousand years ago, the season of Lent, uh, in which we are entering into on Ash Wednesday of this week, was distorted by people thinking this way. They recognized that God was angry at them because of their sin, 
And they knew they suffered problems because of sin, so they reasoned that their faith was something they could do or use to make God happy again. Their attitude was this, if God is angry at me, then I must punish myself. I must sit in solitude. I must give away my money. I must show God how sorry I am so that he is merciful to me. I must have faith. Faith in what? Faith in my works. Faith in what I can do to make God happy. But that's not what it means when we say that we are saved through faith alone. Faith needs an object. Faith needs Jesus. Faith looks like the blind man in our gospel lesson that Jesus healed. He couldn't see Jesus, but he trusted who Jesus was and what Jesus would do for him. And contrast the blind man with the disciples. Jesus tells the 12 disciples that he's going up to Jerusalem to suffer and die on the cross. But they can't understand this. They don't grasp what he's saying. They don't have faith. They say, Lord, or they're thinking, Lord, you're God. You make everything good. Why would you suffer? Why would we have to suffer? They're blind, but the blind man sees. He has faith. He trusts that Jesus is the Messiah. He understands that because of his sin, God has vengeance. But he also knows and trusts that God's anger will be stilled in Jesus. Jesus will suffer the punishment that justice demands. He will pay the price for our sins. And because Jesus will suffer and die and rise again, that means for the blind man that his own sufferings won't last forever. Jesus will defeat death. He will overcome the devil and he will atone for all sin. And so the effects of sin, death, and the devil will also be overturned. Isaiah says, The eyes of the blind will be opened, the ears of the deaf will be unplugged, the crippled will leap like a deer, the tongue of the mute will sing for joy. And yet even though Jesus is now just beginning his journey to the cross, the reality is already there. These things are already true. That's what faith sees. Faith trusts not just what is possible or what, what may happen. Faith trusts what is true, even though it cannot be seen. The joy and transformation from, from sin and death to life and health. For the blind man, that's already true. And it is for us too. This is difficult for us to understand. It's even difficult, uh, more difficult for someone to describe, uh, even someone inspired by God to write this, as was Isaiah. But this is how Isaiah does it. Waters will flow in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The burning sand will become a pool, and in the thirsty ground there will be springs of water. There will be grass, reeds, and rushes where the haunts of jackals once lay. The darkest places will be pleasant. The hardest circumstances will be delightful. Not in some twisted way that, that where these hardships that we experience now, well, they, they might be good for us someday if we just had faith. No, through faith, 
Jesus opens the eyes of the blind to see him not according to outward circumstances or appearances, not, not according to how things are going on in our world right now, but according to his heart of mercy and compassion. Through faith, we see the cross. That through the cross is life. Through Jesus' own suffering and death, he redeems us. He restores creation. He takes what is evil and makes it for our good. What God ordains is always good. He has eternity planned for us. When Isaiah wrote these words, he was writing to prepare the people of Israel for the return to the promised land uh, from their exile. But along the way, they're going to have to return and travel through and suffer through the wilderness. So he's writing to strengthen the weak hands and make, the feeble, make firm the feeble knees. Walking through suffering isn't easy. And it can make us afraid. And it exposes the weakness of our faith. But we don't walk alone being punished by God's vengeance. We walk with Jesus, who suffered God's wrath for us. We walk with Jesus through the cross. And one day, through death itself, because of Jesus, we will reach our promised land. We will reach the gates of heaven. Christ shares our suffering here so that we can share his glory there. Here we will die, but there we will live eternally. Here we see in part, but there we will see fully. These things are true. Faith trusts in God's mercy. And so finally, having packed our bags, having armed ourselves with God's grace, God's word, and finally God's uh, faith in God's mercy, we are ready for our journey with Jesus. We are ready not just for Lent, we are ready for the cross. We are ready to suffer and to die with Jesus. And we look forward to Easter, where we will also live with Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and shall be forever. Amen.